Heart takes, not hot takes. This is Everyone is Wrong, a counterintuitive pop culture podcast. I'm your host, Seth Sommerfeld. Thanks for listening. My guest today is a multi-hyphenate playwright, actor, king, crocheter, legitimately has a tauntaun as a pet, and is a bearcat. They're getting in the Yuletide spirit and wassailing to the max in order to make the case that the little scene, a claymation Christmas celebration, is in fact actually the greatest Christmas special of all time. Everyone is wrong, but Nick Sommerfeld isn't. Thanks for coming on, Nick. Thanks for having me, Seth. So how do we know each other? (laughs) Well, uh, we are siblings. That's Uh, true. We are related. You uh, are, in fact, my older brother. Hmm. Uh, in in fact, it was weird just now when I said Seth because I don't remember the last time I've called you not Sethy. Yeah, I use ever. I use more names. I use Nick and Bearcat and other things, but you you mainly stick with Sethy, and you're the yeah. only person who does that. Uh, yeah, I assumed so. Yes. I mean, it's the it's the younger sibling thing of like, yeah, sure. I call you Sethy. Sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, you call me Bearcats. So. I do, but I also will call you Nick. That's true. It's also true. It's In the words true. of Tenacious of D. This. Yeah. That's also true. <laughs> also true. So, yes, we figured we would do a Christmas episode. Last year, we talked about Home Alone 3 was sort of mm. our Christmas special. And this year, it's actually Christmas special special. So special, special Christmas. So cubed or squared or how many ever times you want to take it to a degree. Anyway, let's get into the background of a claymation (laughs) Christmas celebration. Let's. Will Vinton's A Claymation Christmas Celebration was a made-for-TV Christmas special that first aired on CBS on December 21st, 1987. It was produced and directed by the artist who took claymation mainstream, Will Vinton. The special is hosted by two anthropomorphic dinosaurs, the straight-laced Rex, who is obviously a Tyrannosaurus, voiced by Johnny Counterfeit, and the free spirit Herb, voiced by Tim Connor. The pair introduced Christmas songs backed by extremely creative and varied stop-motion clay animation. The scenes include We Three Kings with singing camels, Carol of the Bells with anthropomorphic bells who ding their own heads to play notes, O Christmas Tree with scenes inside Christmas ornaments, an instrumental Angels We Have Heard on High with penguins and ice skating walruses, Joy to the World with morphing clay painting artistry, and Vinton's most famed creation, The California Raisins, taking on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Essentially, it's a claymation Christmas music video collection hosted by dinosaurs. Do I really need to say any more? No. That was, it was rhetorical, but no, I do not. Oh, sure. Okay. A claymation Christmas celebration won the 1988 Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Animated Program, beating out The Brave Little Toaster and... A Garfield Christmas special, which, funnily enough, debuted alongside Claymation Christmas on the very same night on CBS. A Claymation Christmas continued to air yearly for CBS for a few years before falling out of rotation. 
To prove that claymation Christmas has not survived into modern times, a claymation Christmas is not on any streaming platforms, even for rent. It is available on DVD off Amazon, paired on a disc with Vinton's Halloween and Easter specials, both of which are not very good. Just uh, FYI if you get that DVD. The other two, don't really need to watch them. All that said, if you Google a Claymation Christmas celebration, multiple Daily Motion accounts are available where you can watch the whole 24-minute special, though it's not in an HD format. So unless you buy the DVD, that's sort of the only way that you can consume the special nowadays. So, Nick, what is your personal experience with a Claymation Christmas celebration? Well, Seth... I can loop you in to part of this, which is that you and I have watched this particular Christmas special every Christmas Eve for as long as I can remember. Who knows? Who knows? Truly, who knows? We watched it off a VHS recording. For years uh, and years and years. For, yes. for years and years and years in which we knew most of the commercials in the commercial breaks. Yeah, we had to fast forward through commercials, old taped off TV style where there's like My First Sony and some Keebler Elf ads and a variety of there things. There was a McDonald's one in there. Yeah. I mean, I think our VHS was still hooked up for several years, mostly so we could watch Claymation Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that we used it for much else until you found us the DVD. Yeah, we were watching it on VHS well into probably like 10 years into the DVD era before I found it once searching on Amazon. Yeah, Uh, so now we watch it on the fancy DVD. Ooh. Ooh. But yeah, have watched it every year for as long as I can remember. And I think one of the true you know one of the truest most glorious things about this special is that i have never gotten tired of it it is as delightful every year would recommend five stars all right so with that said yeah that's exactly i don't need to explain how i got into this same thing (laughs) but i did a little digging to find some critical response to this special A claymation Christmas celebration does not have a Rotten Tomatoes critic score because it's a 1987 TV special. That said, it does have an 88% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, though, you know, again, that's a sort of probably self-selecting thing. You're only going to review it unless you're a total weirdo if you liked it because you want (laughs) to hype up the thing you did. You're not going back and reviewing poorly TV specials from the 80s. Again, unless you're a weirdo. Yeah. But there are a few people and a few writers and critics that do remember this special, even though it's sort of fallen into the collective memory hole. In 2017, TDM's Ernie Smith pondered why Claymation Christmas hadn't become a classic. He opined, The strange thing about holiday classics, whether TV or film, is the way that they get drilled into the canon of nostalgia as a mush of themed entertainment along the lines of a Charlie Brown Christmas or a Christmas story. These pieces of entertainment get repeated in part because we build memories around them. But what happens if you create a piece of art that seems destined for the Christmas nostalgia ringer and for whatever reason, it just doesn't happen? That happens 
to a lot of content, of course, but perhaps stings the hardest in the case of Will Vinton's Claymation Christmas Celebration, a 24-minute showcase of how awesome Vinton was at molding clay into a holiday yarn. And he went on to kind of discuss, like, why and couldn't really come up with a theory on why this hadn't stuck as a classic, though he did cite that Vinton got ousted from his own studio, which you can learn more about. There's a new claymation documentary called Clay Dream that came out in theaters in 2022 and is available Mm. for rent now. So you can check that out and that will give you some of the backstory. It involves Nike's Phil Knight and some bad financial choices and other things. Anyway, I won't get into that too deep. I was able to find one write-up from this year, 2022, in, of all places, The Intelligencer, which is the newspaper in Wheeling, West Virginia. Their managing editor, Derek Red, wrote about the special, and he said, The Christmas season, at least during my childhood years, was spent in front of a television as much as anywhere else. Christmas specials were appointment viewing. Families all over sat down to watch classics like Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and A Charlie Brown Christmas. Me? I was a child of the 1980s. As much as the aforementioned shows were on my must-see list, I had one that, while not part of the pantheon for most, was a big one for me. A Claymation Christmas Celebration. Born during the height of the popularity of Claymation and the California Raisins, the show was a quintessentially 80s concoction. It honored those Christmas traditions with the gloss and vibrance the decade was known for. And Eric Adams wrote about the special in AV Club back in 2011. Here's a selection of what he wrote. 1987 in particular was a fertile year for new TV Christmas specials. ABC debuted A Muppet Family Christmas and Julie Andrews' The Sound of Christmas. CBS rolled out Top of the Pops, A Very Special Christmas, Santa Bear's High Flying Adventure, and on One Magical Frank's Place and Kate and Allie Displacing Monday Night, a Garfield Christmas special, and a Claymation Christmas celebration. All of the specials blended the transitory and traditional in some manner, be it through Sound of Christmas's already outdated variety show format or the trend-chasing lineup of the Top of the Pop special, but none seemed to remove themselves from their original context while simultaneously stamping Made in 1987 over every painstakingly photographed frame as a claymation Christmas celebration. He continued in his write-up talking about how popular the raisins were at the time. Viewed as a showcase of an animation house on the top of its game rather than five lesser sequences leading up to OMG, the California Raisins, a claymation Christmas celebration transcends its wrinkly star players. By the time of the special's production, Vinton and his colleagues had perfected several techniques and styles of claymation, including the abstract painterly psychedelia seen in Joy to the World and We Three Kings and the broader Looney Tunes indebted slapstick of Angels We Have Heard on High and Carol of the Bells. The special acknowledges Vinton's dueling impulses to awe as well as to entertain through its reptilian hosts, genteel Tyrannosaurus Rex, and his boorish Triceratops colleague, Herb. Naturally, Herb is the most excited of the two for the Raisins number. It may be a product of its time, produced 
by a studio that never really transcended its ties to one of the 80s quickest, though bizarre, crazes. But a claymation Christmas celebration manages to tap into that quality multiple times during its runtime. It never shies away from the holiday's religious roots either, and it isn't afraid to throw a secular curveball at them as well, as in the case of the doo-wopping camels who steal We Three Kings. I don't know if I'll ever see a better blending of the timeless and the ethereal as the segment's final chorus, where the magi give in to the earthly charms of the obviously raisin-inspired mounts. But I do know I'll see them every Christmas for the rest of my life. So Nick, why is everyone wrong and a claymation Christmas celebration is actually the GOAT holiday special? I'm so glad you asked, Seth. So many reasons. So many reasons. I could go on, but... Uh, you will go on. I will, and and so I shall. <laughs> Where to start? Well, I think the first point of defense is sort of the comedic heart and sort of the yeah. intelligence that is in the script of this special. Yeah, the writing of the special is so delightful. More recently years, I've gotten into writing sketch comedy, and I find that I appreciate more and more when things I loved in my youth, like, still delight me, still make me laugh, and still hold up. Mm -hmm. Even, Even now, like sort of knowing the mechanics of some of the comedy and what is so like there's so much comedy going on uh there's so much humor in the claymation christmas special there's slapstick like there's physical comedy there's visual there's sight gags there's like literary references there's like puns and like wordplay there's so much in like a 24 minute special. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, the running bit for the dinosaurs, the dinosaur hosts is that they don't know what the song, here we come a wassling, like what wassling is. And people keep coming up to them with different false versions of the song. And that leads to a disagreement. Yeah. So there's like, everyone thinks it's something else. There's, here we like here we come a waffling here yeah. we come a wallowing there yeah so there, there's a group of dogs that come up and when a truck that's they're making waffles so it's here we come a waffling and herb is like yes i'm going to eat these waffles this sounds awesome this must be what the song is about and rex is just keep he's the straight man who keeps pushing back he's like no 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 that's not that's not the lyric and then after the waffles come a crew of geese and what do they naturally have and here we come a waddling mm-hmm. and they come with like baskets of fruit and herb again eats the baskets of herb's fruit big and- into snacks herb's he's- a big snack guy a snack it's a guy. running joke yeah and then third you get pigs that come in with here we come a wallowing yes before at the very end you get elves who come in with here we come a wassling and explain what wassling means. No spoilers. No spoilers. Oh, I mean, <laughs> no, at the end, but, yeah. you'll see what happens. You, well, you'll get explained. <laughs> that's uh, that's a thing about the writing, too, is there's actually a lot of explanation of like what these songs are that you don't know. 
and there is actually a fair amount of like history like the rex the the straight man character of the two hosts actually gives like historical context for a lot of the songs and where they came from yeah like i didn't know before this that like oh the carol of the bells has to do with like casting evil spirits out with the noise of bells or that a 15 year old boy wrote joy to the world so there's actually some meat to chew down on so to speak in this beyond just the comedy where you're like oh i would not have learned things from most christmas specials and actually that kind of leads to my second point which is that like unlike a lot of things especially like media that says it's for all ages but is mostly like for kids or is more directed at kids i feel like One of the great things about this special is it really can be appreciated by any age. Like, like there's the slapstick comedy for the kids. You know, there's anthropomorphic dinosaurs. Like, the kids can love all of that. And, like, we loved it as kids. But also, yeah, there's there's history. There's, uh, you know, there's, like, really smart jokes. There's, uh, like, the... There's Quasimodo. So the Carol of the Bells, it's at Notre Dame and Quasimodo is the conductor with his hunchback and everything. And he's getting angry and, you know, there's a lot of slapstick and, you know, facial rage that's expressed for comedic effect through that. And then they end they end the segment and then it's a bell pun like uh, his face rings a bell, but I can't quite figure it out. And it's just like, uh. It's just like all these yeah. different levels of comedy, as you were saying, that sort of then appeal to all different ages. Like, you know, you watch this as a kid. We would watch it with our grandparents and they would enjoy mm-hmm. it. So, you know, a little bit of that all ages is from firsthand experience. Yeah. Well, and Carol of the Bells is dad's favorite number. And like he's commented on that before. But like. I don't I don't know what my favorite number is now, but I know that like as a kid, not necessarily getting all of the like jokes or all of the, you know, specific wordplay or anything. Um, the angels we have heard on a high, the penguins and walrus, which is just the a, penguins and walruses, which is just physical comedy. It's, it's yeah. the whole thing. It's only an that one's only an instrumental track and there's no dialogue from the characters. So it's all just like silent movie comedy basically yeah and it you you get adorable little uh claymation penguins that are delightful uh to me every time i watch it but i also love penguins so yeah you're you're a penguin person there's even a penguin person even in the comedy there's a jim halpert look at the camera take that rex does at the very end of yeah. this where there's a joke that herb makes i think it's like say goodbye, good night, Herb, and he says good night, Herb, and Rex literally does the Jim Halpert like, <clears throat> like like he just harumphs toward the camera, yeah. and then it's like, breaks the third wall, right, and yeah, take us out, and and then like the camera like pans back, and they're all singing, and it's yeah, it's it's self aware, like that's just another part of it that's sort of a like fun little joke is there are all these little references to like. Other like you know the holiday variety show style of like Rex and Herb really playing it to the camera and like laying out all the numbers, so it's got like a little bit of a like vaudeville Christmas special element to it. 
yeah, there's just, it's so much going on. It's a really smart, like, it's a really smart special. Mm-hmm. And like in, in both comedy and in writing, it's just, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. So then, yeah, beyond its comedic base and sort of that, that appeals to all sorts of ages, I think we should probably, before we get too far into this, dive into your third defense point, which is the actual animation and the visual elements of it. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, you know, like some of the some of the re- reviews you read talk about the, you know, the animation. And it's, I mean, A, it's claymation, which is like has its own nostalgia, I think, around the holidays, but also just like, you know, if you grew up with any of that style, there's something so charming about it. There's something so delightful in in the claymation animation. Yeah, and it's interesting, like, a couple of the reviews mentioned about, like, how totally 80s it is. And I actually kind of, like, push back against that. I feel like if you grew up, like, if you were, a ki- like, actual kid in the 80s and, like, saw this when you were, like seven or nine or you know like that age it probably does feel like oh this is so 80s but like again it came out the year i was born it came out before you were born it doesn't Mm -hmm. like scream 80s to me other than the fact like this animation style was big i'm like aware of it but it doesn't have that like you know it's not like watching back to the future and you're like oh this is (laughs) extremely 80s like that kind of thing I had the same thought of like it, I mean, it never screamed eighties to me and granted, uh, you know, I didn't see it when it came out, but you're a nineties baby. I'm a nineties baby. But like, I, I honestly like, you know, for a long time just assumed it was made in the nineties only because like, I had no ref. Our VHS tape was recorded, I think, in the nineties. So. Yeah, you had no concept of time that existed before the nineties. So why would you exactly? Think it was so why would now? I? But but I just mean like I assumed it came out when when we were little. Like it didn't occur to me that it came out like you know before that. And so like it, there's nothing in it. I mean, short of the California raisins, there's nothing in it that comes across as eighties to me. But even then, you only, I think, think of the California Raisins as being 80s because you're aware that they're from the 80s. They're Motown singers. It's not like you're like, ah, the 80s Motown. That's true. I Yeah, the cultural reference is that I know that they were big in the 80s. But if you had, if you didn't have that context, yeah, like there's nothing about it that says this, that like stands out as like, ah, yes, this was made in the 80s. Right. So we should probably like dive into some of the specifics on sort of the visuals that are in this because there is each segment is very distinct from the others. And there's, you know, little touches. So like the first segment is the three wise men and the camels. And, you know, there's moments even when like the incense comes out and it, you know, floats into a cloud and turns into a rainbow and, like all these little flares that, you know, are, have this thought into it and are really beautiful, but you might not, you know, immediately associate claymation with that sense of beauty if you think of it as like the California raisins and the Noid. 
Yeah, they're they're really painterly, beautiful sections, like the smoke section you're talking about, like the visual sort of effects that they're able to do with the claymation. Yeah, there's a lot of if you watch like the Clay Dream movie, they talk about a lot of the different forms like, oh, there's morphing, which is like you see when they're making Christmas presents where it's like, oh, it's a block that turns into a thing, turns into a teddy bear and, you know, kind of this assembly line thing. Or they called it clay painting, which is sort of what the joy to the world section mm-hmm. is. So the joy to the world section is like it starts on like a church. You zoom into a church and it's sort of this stained glass window. It's like moving stained glass imagery. Yeah. And it's, it's the section that sort of seems like impossibly arty. It's just like, how is this possible? I mean, when I like there was a period of time that I thought it was just painted. Like it didn't occur to me that you could do that with clay. Like, I assumed it was just like, oh, and then for this part, we just got, you like, we just painted a bunch. Like, it's that fluid. It's that. Like, kin- kinetic. It just, like, flows. It's kinetic. It's, it's kinetic. It's textural, but also, like, the color work. It looks like painting. Yeah. And I also think of the, in the Christmas tree section, like, when they go from, like, within the little pictures of the song right like zoom into an ornament and then like go through the window and then you're in that space yeah it's basically like christmas tree inception where it's just like this kind of like constant zoom where you'll be like a wide shot and then it'll zoom into this one ornament on the christmas tree and it'll be like windows or doors and then it'll open and it goes to like from kids sitting around a Christmas tree to a gingerbread house. And then the gingerbread house has a Christmas tree and you zoom in and it's Santa's workshop. And then Santa's workshop has a Christmas tree and you zoom in and it's like Santa resting by the fire. And then you zoom back in and it's back to the kids. So it's just this like constant, like almost like you're on an amusement park ride and going through and seeing all these different lands that are opening to you and new worlds. And it's just I like I think it's it's so compelling visually because you get the like you get these different scales like everything's like because it has the zoom quality like we we know now that you know there are like different like models that they built to create the different scales to do that zoom effect but like as a kid I was just mesmerized by like and then you go through the window of an ornament and you're in like the world that exists within that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so, I feel like I see, for how many times we've watched this, I feel like there, I still catch different little details and different little elements each time because there's so much going on in each frame. Right. And even the things that are, you know, there's things that we've mentioned that are more like artistic, but then you do get the like, even just the artistry and like making slapstick comedy out of you know, penguins in clay or, you know, the California raisins in -hmm. their segment when they're singing Rudolph, they're trying to like build a sleigh and they shine up one of the noses and it turns into like a glowing red nose. And that's the Rudolph. And it just looks really cool because you're like, wait, how is there like a glowing clay? Like, yeah, it's it's so cool. And I mean, like one of like one of my favorite, like just little moments that I think is so delightful is in angels we have heard on high the walrus like stretches his bow tie 
and like the the like little spots on it like disappear and it like springs back into shape and the little spots come back just like little little visual details that are so delightful there's like a bunch of looney tunes touches in that yeah, segment exactly. specifically of the their ice two walruses are ice dancing and it's like the partner's throwing them back and forth and his arms like stretch super far and stretch and like back. there's a lot of big eyes and a lot of like gasping faces it's it's I mean, and I think like it's fun visually, like the like especially the big exaggerated expressions and all of that. And the way that they're able to mix in all of the like hyper exaggerated like physical comedy elements. And then like in the next song, this beautiful artistic, these beautiful artistic elements. It's 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 really impressive the way that they're able to jump between them. And then also they sort of at the very end, they loop in all the characters. They bring them to the Christmas square where the hosts are have been hosting from. It's supposed to be like London's Christmas square. And they bring them all together, and they're all singing together. And you're like, oh, look, it's like a little universe. And all these people weren't just like creations. They all were the ice dancers, and these were the mm-hmm. California Raisins, and... The wise men are there, and all of it sort of bloods together into one yeah. cohesive claymation universe. And bringing it back to sort of that old school Christmas special feel of like, and then everybody comes out on stage and we all sing a song together at the end. It's, yeah. And I mean, I, even the very last shot where it's just panning away and you see a town square full of all these characters like there's just more and more characters and there's buildings and all of it it's just the detail in it is uh, so beautiful and so visually stunning and we sort of talked about a little bit about how there's like churches and there's the three wise men and stuff like that and i think that sort of bleeds into your fourth point of defense we talked about how it appeals to all ages but it also in a lot of ways appeals to all faiths or lack thereof uh it's very multi-denominational there's like joy to the world is very classically like christian christmas yeah it's got a religiosity to it it's it's very like there's baby you know like babies with halo and things like that and you know angelic figures and yeah, and it starts on a stained glass window in a church and it builds out and there's like Mary and Jesus at one point in the clay painting. So there's that one. That's the one that leans sort of strongest into like, I would say, the religious leanings. Yeah. Well, even at the beginning, when Rex is introducing the special, he says, thematically speaking, we'll be looking at Christmas carols as they relate to specific traditions. And I feel like that's kind of a, you know, core theme of this, that it Mm -hmm. is sort of all these different sort of Christmas traditions. You know, you have the three Kings to start it off and, you know, it's a diverse three Kings. It's not just Mm -hmm. like three white dudes. It's like, Oh, here's clearly, you know, an Asian King and a Moorish King, you know, and then you get into some songs that, you know, are like angels, which we've mentioned that is not really like is fun and is in the holiday spirit, but is not in any way religious. You have a Christmas tree, which is sort of leans in the like more pagan tradition realm, but you still have also have like Santa and gingerbread men and all of that. 
right and you have the raisins and doing rudolph to lean into like the commercialist end of mm-hmm. christmas yeah there's the fun side of it and i mean even wassailing is you know the here we come a wassailing uh some of that sort of leans into sort of the like communal like less religious side of some of the traditions right more of the communal celebration aspect of it exactly like ah we're like your holiday christmas party as opposed to your midnight mass yeah uh so it's it's a nice mix of of like you know a little once again a little bit of something for everybody yeah it's not because it is a lot of the christmas specials either like sort of goes one way or the other like Mm -hmm. charlie brown sort of becomes very religious Mm-hmm. on the tail end of it and you know all the Rankin and Bass things are not very religious at all and then you know it's a wonderful life it has a lot of religious undertones where like a christmas story doesn't yeah and i think claymation christmas does a good job of having both elements and sort of would you say you it know. blends them together like clay oh you know i would say mm. that it blends and kneads them together like a little ball of clay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Interesting. So very profound. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we're dumb. We're dumb people. We're, we're very. We're very silly. <laughs> this is. This is a lot of what we do uh, when we're together. Is this sort of deep, perspective thinking? Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like clay. Mm. Mm. Well, I think we should probably move on from our introspective uh, genius states and get to your number five and final defense point. It's sort of the other side of the argument that some of the pieces you found talked about, which is a lot of them were saying, like, how did this not become a holiday classic? But on the other hand, part of what's great about it is that it's not played out. Like you haven't seen it a hundred times. You haven't heard the music playing on the radio over and over and over again. Like it's fun. And if you haven't seen it, it's a fresh new thing and it's delightful. I We see it every year. It's still delightful. Like I never get tired of it. And it doesn't have the same, like, don't get me wrong. I love a Charlie Brown Christmas, but if I've had like the Christmas station playing for a while and I've heard it like, You've heard the jazz. You've heard Vince do his jazz a hundred times. Yeah, I've heard it a hundred, you know, like when I was working retail and I would hear that like a hundred times. And then if I would like get together with people for Christmas and they were like, we could put on Charlie Brown Christmas. I was like, oh, dear God, no, I don't need to hear that music again. Mm -hmm. I never get that with these. I mean, the songs aren't like big Christmas radio hits. Like, yes, there's Rudolph, but it's a totally different version. It's super jazzy. It's super fun. There's songs that are around a bunch, but it's not the same old version of it. It's got a fresh spin. You're not tired of it. I guarantee it because you probably haven't even seen it before. It's a fair point. You know, it's hard to get tired of something you don't know exists. It'd be a weird thing. But I I also just mean like it's not it's not overplayed. It's not on the radio. Any of that. And it's not, you know, again, it's not showing up on TV. It's not even mm-hmm. streamable. You just have to <laughs> find it by literally Googling it right now. And it's easy to find, but it's also like, do you want a 240 resolution version of this? <laughs> Better watch it on. You don't want to, like, project it onto your TV. Mm-hmm. You just watch it on your laptop. You got to want it. Yeah. Or just buy it. It's worth it. 
yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's worth, it's worth the DVD, A, to have it and not fast forward through the commercials. My first Sony. <laughs> My first Sony. That sweet high resolution claymation. So good. Mm, wow. Crisp. Kiss. Crisp. Crisp definition. <laughs> Crisp yes. DVD quality definition. <laughs> not a not a cassette uh, or not a VHS tape that uh, is getting a little warbly because we've played it so many times. Right. There's no tracking error. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so before we get out of here, I think obviously mm-hmm. I think those are good defenses. But let's get into Thank the you. junk Thank drawer you. and get out any other thoughts that you have. I, I'll start off. It's yeah. kind of. I was surprised when you sent me your defense points that there wasn't just okay. a defense point about the music. That's true. Uh, the music itself is so great. So for those who haven't seen it, sort of the California Raisins obviously are doing a Motown sort of Rudolph. It's also kind of like a traditional meets Motown thing for the We Three Kings. Carol of the Bells is, you know, classic instrumental Angels we have heard on highest classic instrumental. Oh, Christmas Tree is sort of a kid's chorus. And then the Joy to the World is sort of like this soulful rendition. So even among the songs, there's all these like different genre breakdowns. And they, again, as you were saying, they don't feel like the old tired versions of all these songs. Yeah, they're all delightful covers. Um, not the, not, you know, sort of not the Bing Crosby version you've heard a million times. They're all fun different renditions yeah it's i also don't know that i specifically thought about it before this but yeah there is there's sort of the jazzy either jazzy or motown or gospel there's a lot of sort of different vibes to the songs that have vocals the ones that are instrumental are a little bit more traditional but right for sure I will say in researching this, I found out that there is actually an LP version of this that was released at the time. And there's like one copy on eBay and it's like 140 bucks. So if anybody oh, out there no. listening has an LP copy of this, please oh sell it to me. Please, please sell it to us. Please we want it. Sell it please. please, please find that in someone's garage and send it to us, please and thank you. Yes. All right. Um, another thing in the junk drawer that I had was the penguins that you so adore are very murderous penguins. Like they try and trap the walruses underneath the ice so that they die. Okay. Uh, in the penguins' defense, they have been uh, abused by these walruses prior to that. I'm not saying they should have gone to murder, but um, they have they have been squished. They have, been, they have been squished. They, they have been cartoonishly like, you know, I mean, it's not to the level like they haven't gotten beat up like Wile E. Coyote, but they have been, you know, the walruses are ruining their day. So they turn to murder. I mean, but also they turn to cartoonish murder, which is just sort of rolling a snowball on top of the hole in the ice that they fell through because they are exactly. walruses. Yeah. Also, they're walruses. They're they're going to be fine in the water. They're fine. They're fine. Sure. Sure. Let's block <laughs> off the only entrance they have to get air and hope that it works. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. I, I defend my penguins. Is there anything else you wanted to hit on in the junk drawer while we're here? Um, yeah. The only other thing, and I thought of this after the fact, is that it is, uh, well, like, it is delightful, but it is also, like, not 
problematic in any way. Which... There's, there's a couple like kind of fat jokes I would say would be like the most sure. like objectable thing like Herb eats too much but he's having a good time he's like ah now I'm like he's twice as big and the walruses yeah. fall through the ice because they're heavy but that's about as you know if you're if you're getting upset over uh, fat shaming some clay walruses I think you are reaching for things yeah I just mean that like you know it's it's interesting going back and watching some of the things I loved as a kid and being like, Ooh, Ooh, don't love that. And like at claymation, I'm like, Nope, still delightful. There's yeah. not, there's not, I'm not cringing through any of it. It's not like you're watching. I think it's the holiday Inn with Bing Crosby and suddenly it's like, Oh, here's the blackface scene. Yeah. That, mm, Nope. See, like that's the kind of Christmas special that I'm like, Nope, Nope. That, mm, no, thank you. Can't get behind that. Mm-hmm. Not here defending that at all in any way, shape, or form. Yes. So it's wholesome family entertainment wholesome. that's funny, well written, there's good music, and and is frankly aged well. It's pretty, and yeah, it's aged well. So yeah, you know, I think we will both recommend making this a Christmas tradition if you have not yet. That's mm-hmm. our whole defense is that it's awesome, and. <laughs> yeah. And we love it, and we will watch it again this year. Yeah. We're like, what, are we 10 days away from watching it? We're 10 days away from watching it as we record this. Timestamp. Anyway, before we get out of here, Nick, is there anything you would like to plug? I guess I'll just plug that I'm working on a one-man show for my drag king persona, Chester Vanderbox, Mm -hmm. which will hopefully be premiering in San Francisco and maybe some other cities next year. I'm hoping to maybe take it up to Seattle as well. Cool. Keep an eye out for Vanderbox on the rocks. And where would people follow that? Chester has an Instagram, right? Chester has an Instagram, Chester Vanderbox, or you can also go to my website, nickasummerfeld.com. Has a lot of that information on Chester and on theater stuff and playwriting stuff and generally a lot of what I'm up to. On my end, I would say beyond Acclamation Christmas, another tradition that I really enjoy is one of my pals in Seattle, Emmett Montgomery, does a show called Sugar Plum Gary, which you can go to if you're in Seattle or there's Zoom performances that you can watch. And it's just him in a Santa suit taking questions about Christmas and it's dark and weird and very funny. It's, it's very enjoyable. We've watched it as a family the last two years, I think. Right. And you get a live interact with zoom and ask questions. And the show is at 18th and union in Seattle. And you can find how to watch it either in person or online by just Googling sugar plum, Gary and 18th and union. And beyond that, Clay Dream, if you want to watch that, which I mentioned, is available for rent on most outlets for three to five bucks or something like that right now. And it gives you the Will Vinton story. And then, yeah, apart from that, I'll have year-end lists and stuff over at the Inlander. And, of course, watch Acclamation Christmas Celebration, which, again, is available just google it daily motion videos will pop up there's also a version at archive.org so no matter what you can seek this out and find it for free 
and it's a lot of fun. And also it is about half the length of this podcast. So, <laughs> you know, it's fair. Um, how you, would you, you could have watched it twice? twice. Probably <laughs> probably would have been a better use of your time, but you're here now and we're almost done. So thanks for coming on, Nick. <laughs> thanks for having me, Seth. It was a delight. Of course, it was great to finally get you on for some reason. I had to pull your ear to do it. But hey, you know what? That's what big brothers do. Yeah. Uh, it, we just had to find the perfect uh, medium to bring us together. And it happens to be one of our favorite cri- Christmas traditions. The medium is clay. It's always the medium been clay. It's clay. I, it's all a ball of clay. And remember, even if everyone else mocks it, love the stuff you love.